everybody has a topic on the exam that they really just don't like. Whether it's hand therapy or psych or neuropeds, whatever it is, everybody's got a kryptonite. Well, I've got your secret weapon. If you're enjoying the podcast, I've been putting out video courses called 450 Formula. They're designed to make these giant, complex, difficult topics as simple and easy as possible, just like the podcast. You get all the big ideas, the foundational information, and you walk away with simple, easy mnemonics that make remembering everything a breeze. So if you're looking for a little extra help on those big, bad topics, or you just want to knock them all out together, then head over to 450formula.com and take a look. There's some free videos we can get a good feel for how it works. Check it out and get your 450. Hang in there. All right, episode three. Let's do this. I hope you're doing well. I hope uh, studying for the NBCOT hasn't crushed your soul yet. Oh, excuse me, the NBCOT exam. Best of luck with that. <laughs> Those of us who are uh, past it, we wish you the best. And uh, anyway, we know what you're going through and it sucks. So you got this. Um, okay, so today we're talking about Rancho Los Amigos. What is Rancho Los Amigos? Uh, so it's a scale that makes just gives us an easy way to quickly uh, talk about a person's uh, like a brain injured person's level of um, activity, like how they're dealing with their environment, how they're interacting with it. So this could be stuff like, are they responding to stimuli all the way up to like, are they interacting appropriately with different situations, stuff like that. So compared to the other sort of stuff we've done so far um, in the podcast that we've made mnemonics uh, to help with, this one is relatively simple. There's just eight stages Um well, there's a revised, it goes up to 10 technically, but there are eight stages that are really important. Um, and so it starts at, you know, a person who's comatose and it goes all the way up to someone who is behaving um, appropriately and well with just maybe standby assist, um, so something like that. So um, here's how, so in the, the last couple of things we've talked about have been a little more complex than the Rancho Los Amigos scale, uh, met levels and then the um, Allen cognitive levels, there's been a bit more, um, like stuff that goes into that. Each level had like five sub levels and each of those were sort of discussing different, um, aspects of what a person is capable of and, or, or allowed to do or whatever else. So for those, we had to come up with some, um, kind of like different sorts of mnemonics, these like, uh, uh, visual sort of scene creation type things that helped us remember that quickly. For this, because it's a simpler scale, we're going to revert back to probably a bit more of a traditional mnemonic, right? So like like uh, acronyms and silly sentences and stuff that'll help us remember this stuff quickly. So that's where we're going to start. I'm going to actually talk to you, um, tell you right now what you're going to, um, in you know, this is what I'm suggesting at least. This is what, if I were taking the test, I would walk in, they give you a piece of scratch paper, right? I'd walk into the test and while the little tutorial thing is rolling, before they even started the timer on your actual test time, this is what I, one of the things I would write down on my test paper, right? I'd put Rancho at the top, so I know what this is, and then I would start drawing circles. So if you're um, in the car, don't uh, keep your eyes on the road. If you're at the gym, um, don't worry about it. But if you're at home, you know, maybe grab a piece of paper. And again, just like the other stuff, I've made a PDF of this, a visual thing that you can totally grab on the website, otexamprepper.com. 
um, for free that kind of lays this out night lays this out nice and neat and so you won't have to uh, you know just recreate this from listening to this but you can you can pull that up but I would get um, either way I would draw this out once whether it's in your head or on paper if you're at the gym or in the car just draw it either on your hand maybe um, or if you're at home you can actually pull out a piece of paper uh, so Okay, so we're going to start out with circles. There's going to be four rows of circles. So these circles don't need to be huge, um, just big enough to put like a word or a letter in there, right? So you're going to draw one circle towards the top, just a circle. And then you're going to go down one more step. You're going to draw two circles, right? One, two. And then one step below that, you're going to draw three circles. One, two, three. So now we've kind of got a pyramid of circles, right? Then the fourth and final row, you're going to draw two more circles. So now it's sort of this upside-down diamond shape. It starts at one, kind of comes out to three, and then goes back down to two. So the mnemonic for this is 1232NRCA, right? So 1232 is just telling you how many circles go in each row. So we've already got that. Then to the left, you're going to write NRCA. You're going to remember this by nothing really changes anyway, right? Um, a nice sort of passive-aggressive, <laughs> all hope is lost sort of mnemonic for you in your uh, <laughs> your long hours of studying. Nothing really changes anyway. One, two, three, two, N-R-C-A, right? So just write N-R-C-A off to the left of each of these rows of circles. So N-R-C-A stands for... Um, the sort of common elements of the different stages that we're working through. Um, so now each of these circles is one of these stages. So at the top one, you can label that one, the next one, so down and to the left, two, and then going to the right, three, and then starting at the left of the third row of three circles, it's four, five, six, and then the bottom row is seven, eight, right? Now we've got these eight stages of the Rangelos Amigos scale. So the first row, N, right? So N stands for nothing. That's because stage one is no response. This person does not respond to any stimuli whatsoever. You could sternal rub them. They don't do anything. In fact, uh, usually they're, <laughs> well, not usually, always. They appear to be in a deep sleep or comatose. So that's it for the first row. The next one is, um, so NR, these two circles. R stands for response. So in this stage, or this set of stages, we get a response. So the first stage is a generalized response, and then stage three is a localized response. So generalized means that you can tell that they do respond in some way, but they don't respond um, differently or consistently based on what kind of stimulus it is, right? So you could, um, you know, give them a, a noxious or some sort of stimuli on one side, and do it again and then they wouldn't they would respond but consistently but they wouldn't respond they would always respond but they wouldn't always respond the same they would just have a response to stimuli but it's not it, it's not like specific to it the next one is localized response so that's stage three that means that they behave somewhat consistently their response then identifies that they at least understand some sort of this this stimulus right so a noxious response on the left side would consistently would like uh, um, evoke a response that, you know, either towards or away from that stimulus. Um, just a little more specific. It shows that they're a little more in tune with their senses and what's going on with their environment. 
down, jumping down to the next row. So this is C, right? So there's three stages, uh, four, five, and six, because we've got one, two, three, and then this this third row with three circles is four, five, and six. So these are these their common element is C, right? C stands for confused. So in four, that first one, it's confused but an agitated response. So they're confused. This is this is one of those stages where you get a lot of the the TBI traumatic brain injury stories from patients. Um, they're agitated, so they're they're on edge, and then um, they're also confused. So these their uh, responses to stimuli are um, you know kind of wild. They probably have some sort of odd, uh, intense emotional response that's definitely not appropriate, right? Um, and then the next one is five. So that's confused inappropriate, non-agitated response. So this is the longest one. So they are confused. They are inappropriate, meaning that they're not responding to um, stimuli in like a classic appropriate way, but they're not agitated, right? So these are people who aren't aren't like yelling and screaming or, or running around, but they are, um, they are inappropriate. So they frequently will have... Um, you know, uh, they'll say very inappropriate, like top of mind, no censor kind of things. They're uh, socially inappropriate or they, they don't behave <laughs> in a way that's conducive to, to uh, an effective sort of setting. And the last one is confused appropriate response. So they're still a bit out of it, but they sort of have some of these social niceties and they generally are um, calm. They just don't really know like what's going on? They're confused a lot of the time. Their memory's shot. All this sort of stuff. Okay, down to the last row. There's two circles, right? The N R C A. A is for appropriate, which I get. Yes, the last stage was just appropriate, but they were still confused, right? So down in seven and eight, it's automatic appropriate response, and then eight is purposeful appropriate response. So automatic appropriate response is um, they're just sort of, you know, going through the motions. They, they, they're they still lacking a lot of, of this, you know, problem solving stuff. They could get tripped up if you throw a wild card in there. And then purposeful appropriate response is they, um, you know, that's that's pretty close to normal. Um, that's where we're going to we're going to end our mnemonic here because that's what those are the most important stages for us. If we're seeing a patient that's had some sort of brain injury, they're almost certainly somewhere in these first eight stages. Um, so they're doing pretty darn well, uh, at level at stage eight, all you need is basically standby assist. You need someone sort of like, you know, there in case you need some help. Um, it wouldn't be safe for this person to go home and live, live alone most likely, but they're doing pretty darn well. They don't need, um, like step-by-step help with any of this stuff. Um, the scale was actually expanded a while ago to include a nine and a 10. So two more stages and those just kind of downgrade the level of assistance needed. There's still purposeful, appropriate response to um, standby assist on request and then modified independence. So this is, um, again, that's sort of extra credit and, and not necessarily useful for your studying, but just so you know, that's there. But what we're really concerned about is these first eight stages. Okay. So um, it's up to you. You can spend a little more time studying this. You can, uh, go through here and, um, I definitely, I would again, pull up that PDF. I think it helps with the, the visual side of this a lot, but if you can draw those eight circles, just like that, right. And then remember nothing really changes anyway in RCA, then you should be able to remember N for nothing, R for response, C for confused and A for appropriate as sort of like the, um, 
the commonalities amongst these these groups of the stages, right? So extra credit one, um, if you want a little help remembering sort of like the progression through these rows, right? Like what's different between stage two and three? Um, you know, you can either, you know, be general, like spend a lot of time with it and remember that it's generalized or localized. Um, or I've got another mnemonic here that will help you guide you through these, the progression of these stages. So that one is good luck, Andy. Grace is not always pretty and pink. Good luck, Andy. Grace is not always pretty and pink, right? Uh, so that is, so good luck, GL guides you through those. Um, so we don't, we don't have, this mnemonic doesn't apply to that first circle because it's the easiest one to remember. It's just nothing, right? This starts out in that second row with two circles, which is R for response. G, good luck, right? G, L, generalized versus localized. So that's good luck, Andy. Grace is not always pretty. So that's six letters because um, the trouble with the third row with the three circles, uh, it's agitated and then the was the first circle and the the third circle is appropriate so just having a would you'd have to still remember that so we're going to use six letters a g for agitated i n for inappropriate non-agitated and then a p for appropriate so good luck andy grace is not always pretty is a g i n a p and then the last row is and pink, AP, automatic versus purposeful. So if you can remember one, two, three, two, nothing really changes anyway, NRCA, draw some of these circles if you'd like, and you can, you can uh, then write down good luck, Andy. Grace is not always pretty and pink. You should have everything you need to cue yourself. You know, if, if a question about Rangelos Amigos comes up, you can look at this and really quickly just like, fill this in. Um, you'll have a really, uh, you won't have to stress about, you know, did I remember correctly? Like is four confused agitated response or was that five? I think six was like appropriate something, but what was it? Was it confused or not? Like all these things you could get tripped up on should be, uh, taken care of. So again, I hope that this made sense. Um, for those of you who were just kind of drawn it on your hand or in your mind or on your steering wheel, whatever. Um, but please, please, please check out that PDF on the website of texamprepper.com. Pull it up. I think it'll make more sense. If you want to listen to this episode again with that in front of you, go for it. Um, but yeah, I really think just remembering a couple of these things, you can uh, just sort of stash this away and move on. Forget Rancho Los Amigos, like review it a day or two before the test is all, right? Um, get onto that more important stuff that you really need that time and that brain power to really get down and that you'll actually probably use and need to, to know offhand uh, when you're a clinician. So, okay, hope this was helpful. You guys rock. I'll see you in the next episode. If you get bored of studying, check out my other side project, homeequipmentguide.com, which is meant to make finding adaptive equipment online easier for OTs and their patients. Last but not least, music this episode was provided by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Thanks, Kevin.